This girl is on fire. This podcast is likewise on fire. She's walking on fire. It's her just so. We, it's a film podcast. Maybe I will convert the intro into French. Ha 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 ha. a terrible opening, but here we are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome back to Heard You Saw. I'm, I'm Nick and I'm with Jim. Hello. And we just watched Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Mm. My emotions! <laughs> My emotions! There's a lot happening here. It was a damn good movie. It was a very fucking good film. Mm. Like, both... Okay, okay, okay. Before we get into the, the you know, the, the one-line hot takes, I just want to say that this film hit me on both an emotional level, mm-hmm. which was very well realized, and, like, some really fucking good character interplay on, like, a variety of levels, which is very, very good, but also... On a technical filmmaking level, there were many points throughout this film where I was like, that's a fucking good edit. Look mm. at that cut. And mm. you were just like, that's a lovely focus, but look at that. Whoa, wait, wait. You know, just really good, solid, technical craftsmanship mm. going yes. on in this film. And I have more I can say about that, but I'll, I'll get carried away. So I'm Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I feel well, like it's going to be a carried away yes, kind of yes. podcast, you know. But um, we begin, as ever, with a round of one-line hot takes. Oh, God, I realize I have to condense all my feelings into one pithy line. Jim, do you have a one-line hot take about uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire? Très bien. Ah, oui, c'est très bien. La... No, la cinéma, oui. Yeah. C'est la cinéma. Yeah, la cinéma, c'est, c'est très bien. bien. Yeah. C'est très bon. Oui. C'est, c'est très joli. J'adore ça. Uh, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a really good movie. I, I did... Here's the thing. I didn't really know what to expect going in. No, I didn't even. I didn't even know it was. Uh, it was French until. <laughs> right. I I knew it was a period gay movie. That's about as much as I knew. Yeah, and then we were like, "Oh, it's French. Oh, nice." You know, because we were just like, "Wait, do the subtitles work?" Because what was yeah. it? Olivia, our housemate's girlfriend, said, "Oh, it's that French one," and we were like, "Like maybe." Yeah, probably. <laughs> it sounds sounds like it, and then we were like to do the subtitles. Yeah, the subtitles on our totally official version. That we, we had to wait because they don't. You know, there's not an abundance of dialogue in that film. No. But the dialogue they have. It's very French. Oh boy, it's, it's very French and very good. Yes. So, um, well, briefly, I don't want to do a whole plot breakdown because this is not a plot-based movie. No, I mean, the plot is very easy to explain. Yeah, it's but like... Can, we can do the pitch, at least. Give me the pitch. Yeah, so the pitch is uh, a female painter... Marianne. Uh, ...is uh, hired to paint uh, the portrait... Of a young woman for a, a, rich, a rich family um, on an island. On an, on an island, some I guess somewhere off the coast of France. <laughs> um, but um, shades of Shutter Island. <laughs> and this this painting is important because um, the daughter is betrothed to um, uh, some aristocrat in Milan, a Milanese uh, gentleman, and and he will decide whether or not to marry her based on how she looks in this painting. So this painting mm. is going to get sent to this Milanese uh, man who will... As was the style at the time. Yes. And, and uh, but so this painting needs to be done in order for the marriage to be confirmed. Mm. However, um, the daughter does not want to get married and so she has posed for, like she, well, she, in the past she has refused to pose for painters. And uh, her sister, who was previously betrothed to the same man, yes. killed herself killed rather than marry him. Yeah. So it's already fraught with uh, uh, difficulty. So the, the mother of this family uh, hires our painter 
to to paint uh, Heloise in secret, pretending to be her friend who goes on walks with her while mm. she can observe her yes. and get to, you know get the sense of her character down. Indeed, and uh, naturally she spends a lot of time looking at Heloise <laughs> at this attractive woman, uh, and um, well. One thing, leads, One to thing leads to another. As it often does. So, um, yeah, I really like this film. It was really good. I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I, I could just say at the top, you should probably see this film. Go see it. It's very good. I mean, I don't know. It's on movie, I think, or at least it was. Uh, or pirate it, you know. But also, watch it. It's good. It's a very good time. It'll give you a lot of feelings. Um, Christ, I don't know where to begin. Because I'd be. I think the thing that I want to talk about first mm-hmm. is the clever use of Greek mythology in this film. Yes. Wherein there is a scene in the film wherein the characters are reciting the story of Orpheus and Eurydice. Mm. And Although I do think it's important to note that that is that. That book they're reading from, you know, the, the, the myth of um, Orpheus and Eurydice, that is the book that. Um, that uh, I forget the name of the Marianne painter, that Marianne gave to Hel- Heloise. Yeah, early um, on, Heloise was like, "Do you have any books?" And she's like, "Sure, yes. have a book." Uh, don't step too far into my room where these canvases are. Yeah, uh, don't look behind this curtain where I'm wearing your don't, dress. Don't don't ask why there's a curtain in my room. I like to change in secret away from everybody. Don't question. Why don't it. I just shut the door? Don't question me, Heloise. Because people can knock we... on your door and just come in. We we saw this. <laughs> which which Heloise does frequently. Yeah, often just being like, "Hello, hello, uh, I'm here." But there's a there's a good scene where um Heloise, uh, Marianne, and Sophie, the maid, are you know Heloise is reading the story of Orpheus and Eurydice, and they effectively discuss the motivations and also theming of. The moment where Orpheus looks back to see Eurydice and thus damns her to Hades forever. Mm. This is basically what the story of this film is, kind of, kind in, of. in microcosm. Like, you know, it's it's you know thematically allegorical, and there's a brilliant moment where you even predicted it as it happened. Mm-hmm. At the climax of the film, when Marianne has to leave, Heloise, wearing her bridal wedding dress, right? Is, yeah, I assume yeah. it's a wedding dress, right? She goes turn back mm. and she looks and then we hard fucking yes. cut and you're like oh but that's not it's not just um you know um uh, referencing um yeah, obvious and Eurydice but it's also like specifically uh mirroring their own interpretation of it mm. because they 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 speculate on why um did he look back uh, because he was weak did he yeah. look back because you know Marianne presents it as in that moment he was a he looked back because he knew he wanted the, was it the idea of her yeah, correctly that he, that he was a poet yeah he, the poet rather than the yeah, husband yeah he wanted the memory of her right? yeah yeah um, whereas and it was Heloise who says that maybe she was the one who said to turn around because yeah um, and yeah because it's it's not like you know if she hadn't turned around it wouldn't like it's not that Heloise would have been able to like leave with yeah, her yeah it's just that like oh we are being parted uh, against our will and, this is the end and you need the memory of me yeah ah oh, mate like it's 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 a it's the kind of film that's re- it felt very considered mm. you know there there was no fat in this movie yeah. to me and also because what strikes me so much about the cinematography and the editing of it because mm. there's lots of like very brilliant editing and lots of cuts but but a lot of it is just like 
Ah, uh, see, that, that, the idea for that did not happen in the edit. You mm. had to have filmed it that way. Mm. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, like, considered is the word. Like, you knew exactly what you were doing even before you shot it. Similarly, on the same, on the same note, there's an awful lot of what I said at the time was, like, you know, like, negative space storytelling. Yes. Where, like, characters will be saying important things, but we're not looking at them saying it as you'd mm-hmm. expect in a conventional yes. film. We're looking at the other people reacting to it because it's about the way that these things are felt rather than the way that they are said. Yes. It's just, it's just, oh, there's a lot going on mm, here. Like when, um, when Sophie falls down from the rafters that she's hanging from, <laughs> we don't see that. We just hear the noise and and, and we see Marianne and uh, Heloise suddenly go, oh, <laughs> and, then, and then cut. And it's like, we don't need to see that. We know exactly what's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, there's a lot going on here. I just... Um, so there's a lot of scenes in this that I uh, were very, very meaningful to me that sort of really struck me in a way. Like, okay, so the presence of men in this film. Not many. Not many, no. Because it's like she's escorted to the, you know, to the island. Here the two, you know, never really named as a place. Mm. By a group of men. And she almost loses her canvases in the ocean. She has to jump to the ocean and save them in the mm. opening scene. Um, showing, you know, this idea that, like, only women would care for, like, the artistic merit or something like that, you know. Uh, I, I sort of took it that, like, that, um, you know, she, like, the, the men were just say, oh, you know, leave it, it's just a thing. Yeah. But she's like, no, this is my life. Yeah. And she doesn't even hesitate to jump in after it. Yeah, shoes on, dress mm-hmm. on, you know, not ideal swimming conditions, and she yeah. does it. But also, but also she doesn't even, like, look to, like, there's no conversation about it. Like, it's mm. just, like, there's that sort of, like, she is that independent that yeah. she's, like... No, yeah, uh, well, like, I also, no, no one's going to save these for me. Because I'm not even going to consider that maybe they would. Not even going to consider asking them, I need to save my paintings. There was also, I felt like it was it was mirrored with the scene later on when um, Heloise went to bathe, mm. where she went and just ran into the ocean to, like, feel something. Yeah. And came out and she was shivering and wet and cold in the same way that um, Marianne was at that yeah, time in the opening yeah. of the film. And I was just like, oh, she's becoming, like, you know self-aware and possessed of her place in society, which Marianne at the start of the film already is, and then Heloise is learning as she's given this ultimatum, like, no, I was a painter the whole time. You're going to have to marry this dude. And she's like, well, I'm going to go run into the ocean now. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, but the thing is, is that, you know, a thing I found very, not, not I don't want to say refreshing, that feels like, you know, almost too vapid a term. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I really vibed with is the very feminine presence of this film. Mm. Like, especially in the scene where they go to, like, the ceremony. The feast. Yeah, the feast with the bonfire Mm. where it's, like, all women and then they break into this kind of, like, a cappella, you know, communal song thing. Yeah, it was very... like the thing that struck me about that is that oh, this is music, but that is being made entirely by female bodies. Mm. It's, it's just them clapping and singing. Yeah, and it and it, it, it it's the kind of thing where you know I if, to to be a bit self indulgent, like in earlier versions of you know the story that I want to write, you know, I'm one of the things I thought about is that I think that communal song is a really important tool Mm. for people to feel connected through ritual. Mm. It's one of those things that's like, when you're a part of it, it's so, you know, I I think I said to you before that I'd had the conversation with my mum about like, you know, the closest thing I've had to like, you know, properly religious experiences is going to a really good gig where everybody knows the words, Mm. you know? And it's like, the music can speak to you in that way. And I feel Mm. like it's sort of understood that this was like, 
a community coming together, but it was a community built around like this idea of femininity and like mutual support, mm-hmm. which was, you know, very divorced from, because there were no men in the film at that point. And yeah. the moment where they introduce a masculine character in, and there's literally like, oh, I walked into the kitchen, there's a man here, fuck, <laughs> you know. And you're just like, oh God. And yet you realize that like that, I don't want to use the term paradise, but like that sort of more idyllic life where you have these, three women living together, you know, drawing and eating and reading together and, you know, exploring each other's urges and stuff like that. And, like, it's it's a very kind of utopian ideal. And then mm. you reintroduce this masculine energy and it feels so jarring and uncomfortable. Mm. And, it, and it doesn't, and you know, there's no, quote, evil men in this piece, which I think is interesting. It's not mm. like, you know... None of them are the victims of sexual violence in the way that you may expect in this yeah. sort of thing. It's just like... It's just they're not in control of their own lives because they live in a, 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 society, a patriarchal maybe. society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah that's, it, is, and it is an interesting and important point to make that the, the problems of a patriarchal society may not necessarily be the way men are treating you directly, but just how the, the society is taking your rights away from yeah, you. Yeah, what's expected of you. Like you what have your... no right to choose for yourself from your just because other people have chosen for you exactly and like i thought it was pretty telling in the in the penultimate scene when she's at the art gallery where she's showing off one of her you know successful paintings and it's been submitted under her father's name yeah and this person oh, i thought your father did a really good job and she's like it's my painting i submitted it under his name because she still even though she's a very you know powerful and you know respected painter doesn't have that cachet where yeah. she can like stand on her own. She has to still use her father's shadow of just being like, oh no, I can play in the patriarchal zone because mm. it just there's some really good acting in this as well. Yeah. Some mm-hmm. really fucking I you know I don't know any of the actresses' names, which you know honestly I, uh, I shames me. I did look at I discovered that um, the actress who played uh, Heloise mm. uh, also co-wrote it uh, really with her ex-lover. Oh. Who is also a woman. Let me double check that. (laughs) Live checking of facts here on Heard Your Saw. I'm going to vamp for time while you look Uh, it up. Yeah, so filmmaker Celine Sciamma wrote Portrait with her ex and frequent collaborator Adele Haynell in mind for the part of the artist's muse. And Adele Haynell is the one who plays Heloise. Well, well, okay. Good for them. Yeah, very good for them. I mean, it just... I kind of feel like the fact that we're, you know, two men talking about this film because Mm. it was so sapphic, if that's the right term. I mean, because my relationship to is a little different because, you know, I'm also a gay man. Mm. uh, And so uh, that means, like, there is some... I can, you know, I can appreciate, um, you know, a, a story of forbidden love between, like... Uh, in a, a same-sex relationship, like yeah. it's like this speaks to me in a certain way. Like I can connect with that on a certain level, even if it's not the, even if it's not the the type of um, like same-sex love that I experience. Sure, um, but but also there's a lot of really good lesbian films. Like there I, are like comparing it to Carol and um, Bound. Yes, yeah, and the, uh, one of the thoughts I had was I was thinking of being like. Like, because there are there there are you know stories of like good romantic stories about gay men, uh, and many I've not seen, and but but I can't think of one 
that sort of is the, is the same type of story that this is. I'm mm. sure one exists that, uh, but I'd I'd love a few like more like period romances about gay men. Well, what I think is interesting about this as well is that, like, in a way, it doesn't need to show you very much. Mm. You know, it, it, in many ways, it's like, you know, we see a, you know, there's, like, there's there's minor nudity, like, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, but the impl- it, it's all, like, in the quadruple space, you know, as you'll appreciate. Mm. But, like, you know, there's a lot of cuts which are just, like, they have a very emotionally intense and politely... Some of the scenes where they're talking about their feelings are some of the fucking most wildly engaging and attractive sequences of people interacting that I've seen. You know, the thing of just like, is it like this for all lovers? We're all just inventing, you know, something entirely new. What do you mean? Oh, I know the gestures, but I've never really applied them to a person kind of thing. Mm. Like, such beautiful language and less like approach you know it made me think about like you know some of the earlier phases of my own romantic life where you're just sort of not really thinking too hard about you know how you're approaching things it's very divorced from like you know the the idea of like the game of romance or Mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. it's very instinctual and very like i am reacting to the feelings i'm having in this moment about this person kind of thing Mm. like i thought that was so well written and so well portrayed and then it'll do like hard cut to like you know we're in the bed now and it's like you know we've yeah. done the thing it did, it did do a lot in uh, a lot of uh, Kuleshov affecting mm, where it's mm, like mm. oh by putting these two shots together um, you know you interpret a lot of what's happened in the intervening time exactly um, yeah which is but yeah, I remember like we were we started sort of having an argument about whether or not the film is subtle because in some ways because it, it is and it isn't it, right. It, yeah, in some ways it's 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 incredibly subtle. But if you're paying it's attention, not. it's not. Yeah, because it, you know, for example, in the in the scene with the abortion, mm-hmm. you know, which it, this is a film very much centered on. Again, it's it's an aspect of like femininity and like women's rights and that kind of thing. Of like, you have the character of Sophie the maid who has become pregnant through a man who's never seen, mm-hmm. and she's like. It's never explained either. Like, no. like a sort of a lesser film would feel the need to be like, oh yes, the, uh, it, it was a boy who came to the island. We need to see yeah. him because, like, because we know, like, oh, she's pregnant. Like, we can infer that. Yeah. But and but then the boy is not important in no. this story. No, 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 no. no. Like, yeah, there was no relation. We're led to you know the understanding that you get from this is like whoever it was was there and they're now not there not. now no. and she is left with the results of this and as women often have to do she has to deal with the fallout of this in a way that her paymasters don't recognize she's yes. like i've been waiting for the mistress mistress of the mistress of the house to go away so i can deal with my abortion and you're just like okay yes. you know and it, it, in some ways almost slightly comedically mm-hmm. get, is is it okay to say like comedic attempts at abortion because, like, you know, she's running on the beach. She's, you know, drinking a thing I mean, they the, found I mean, that's hanging sh- from the rafters When they're and looking stuff. for a plant and the plant and there's just a shot of the fields and then all of their heads pop just up at the boop. same time. Yeah. yeah. And it is sort of, like... It's it's sort of darkly comedic in that like particularly that shot where she's hanging from the rafters and they introduce that with um, Marianne walking across the room uh, and then as the sh- as the shot follows her we you see feet. <laughs> we see her feet dangling and for a second you're like has she hung herself and then and went, oh no because everyone else is super chill about this yeah and, and then she, she puts gets, a chair she gets down she the gets chair down, she drinks the thing drinks the th- and it's like oh okay and it's like right okay she's hanging from the rafters for like for her abortion so and it, so it is comedic but also for a second you think it's it's like horrible so yeah it's it's 
it's sort of wrapping those two together. Exactly. And then, like, when you actually get to the real, you know, because they do all their home remedy stuff and it doesn't work, and she's like, okay, I know to, no, I need to go and see, like, you know, the wise woman who mm, knows what the she's doing. Woman. Yeah, as was often the case, you know, historically. And at that moment, she's lying on a bed with a baby. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, that's my emotional support baby. Yeah. But also, you know, if you're having any sort of guilt about what it is you're doing, um, having a baby right next to you must be like... A whole... Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think, you know, it's both subtle filmmaking because you could just be like, oh, yeah, there's a baby. Because, yeah. I, I, you know, we've talked before on, like, previous podcasts, so, like, I don't want to be too, like, oh, I'm so galaxy brain and so smart. Mm. I'm paying attention to the way that the film is trying to educate me. But I, I think that this is, like, if you're not engaged in what the film is doing mm. if you're just kind of like passively taking in you're just going to be like oh yeah they're there and there's children and like uh. whereas it's a very clear thematic link of mm. her being confronted with what she in some ways could have quote unquote i feel like that's i feel like that's bad, bad terminology as soon as mm. i've said it it's not like could have but like it's 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 like she's experiencing both her baby but also as she lets go of what her baby could be simultaneously it's not to me that seems very unsubtle yes. it's like having a baby present during an abortion mm. is like well i wonder what this could possibly yeah. be saying like well, you I, think, know. I think there's a difference between sort of like this uh, you have sort of subtlety in terms of how much the thing you'll say you're saying is sort of buried in layers of of abstraction mm. uh, or metaphor or allegory Mm. Uh, which this film does not do. But then there's subtlety in terms of the way that you communicate an idea. Uh, and this is, I think this is very much a film that um, ex- that lets you come to where it is. Yes. Because it's, uh, and it's, it's, a type of, it's a type of storytelling I admire a lot where they don't, they don't do much, they don't communicate necessarily what is happening immediately. No. Uh, they just put you in a scene and you observe. Mm. And I sort of feel in some ways that's that's um, the, the the strong strongest type of film because it takes full advantage of the medium where it's just you feel like a voyeur. You're a fly on the wall in this situation. Not and... unlike an artist looking to create a painting. Indeed. You're yeah. just looking and replicating yeah. what you're seeing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's it's it's a difficult it's difficult to do well because the, the, I think well the impulse is always to like well they you know if it's slow paced if we're not uh, justifying what it is we're doing audience will get bored mm. particularly with you know triple A high budget films always, oh we want fast paced Iron Man to, needs to yeah. punch a baddie at least yeah. once every twenty minutes or oh, something the inciting know. incident must be on page three yeah uh, often like and you like so many films get have this sort of weird structure where they will put a sort of high octane thing at the beginning not necessarily in like an action film but something very dramatic right at the beginning and then flash back because they think they have to put the dramatic thing at the beginning mm. to make you interested yeah and the truth is uh like like i remember a tutor saying to me at film school that that people look for stories yeah so all you need to do is put them in like is present them with something where the story is not immediately apparent but is there and they will they will come to the well, build I mean, it and they will come i mean you know i can give you the exact moment in this film where i subscribed really hard mm-hmm. which was after the opening sequence where her clothes are all wet mm-hmm. marion sits in front of a fire she's drying her clothes and she's smoking and her a canvases. pipe yeah. yeah and she's smoking a pipe and i was just like okay so for me one it's a beautiful it's a beautifully framed shot mm-hmm. it's 
an incredible shot. Like, you know, if I could get a still of that, put it in some fancy black and white with high level difference, would have that on my fucking laptop as like a background tomorrow. No problem. <laughs> but what I what I loved about it is I was just like, the way she was sat and the confidence of it. And like the mm-hmm. idea of like smoking a pipe is a traditionally masculine ideal. Because, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, uh, was it ne se pas un pipe? You know, like, it's often like a penis metaphor. Yeah. But she was, she seemed so in control of herself, even though she'd had this very out-of-control introduction yeah. to the story of, like, jumping into the water to save her canvas. But it was a great way, because, you know, she, in that sequence, she went to the, uh, she smoked a pipe with no clothes on in front of a, a fire, went and got um, ch- bread and cheese, and then turned around to the Sophie and said, is there any wine? And I was just like... Oh, okay, cool. I get what your deal is. Like, you know, you're a fucking badass. Like, I, I was already just like, cool, Marion fucking rules and I love yeah. her. Like, I was already subscribed. She's, she's, you know, in a society, in a time where, you know, women were second class citizens and often expected to be docile, she was no shrinking violet. No, she was just like, have you got any food? I'm going to go eat it. So, oh, sorry, I helped myself. Do you have wine? Yeah, uh-huh. I would like to be drunk now. And also, I'm smoking a pipe. And I was just like, that's... That's it it, it. it feels trite to say that seeing a woman smoke a pipe on the screen was meaningful, but I was just like, oh no, that that to I me mean, no, signified no, a no, thing. Absolutely, like I mean, uh, I talked about this in my Carol video as well, but like the whole like um, train set as a sort of coded signal of queerness. Yeah, um, and the get, whole, like, get your daughter a train set now; she'll be gay. Yeah, and just you know, you know, it's. It is no accident that you know she's she. We see her at the beginning doing it like a very, it, like seeing a very feminine like a figure of a woman mm. doing a traditionally masculine thing yeah. is no accident. Yeah, and it, it that was the moment where I was just like, oh okay, I'm on board with this character. I want to see what she's going to do in. Because at that point, we didn't even know what the situation was. Mm. We were just like, oh, okay. I was yeah. like, but I want to see what you're going to do. Like, yeah, again, like, we see her, like, she, we like we didn't know when she jumped into, uh, like, to save her canvases. We didn't know they were canvases yet. Mm. Uh, and that's, yeah, but, uh, it was quite, uh, another thing I found quite notable about is, is that she undressed. And I don't know if she had something else she could have put on. Mm. Uh, perhaps not. But uh, the next thing she did was open up um, her canvases to see how they were doing. Yeah. Uh, and... And so yeah, I was took, took took that to mean like just like oh those these canvases are more important than getting clothes on. Yeah, um, that's that's what she is as an yeah. artist. But we didn't know why she'd come to this house. We just all like, she, yeah this she was, island. Yeah, she was open. The door was opened, and she said, "I'm Marianne." Let her. And yeah, and it was very like because so little dialogue because I don't think Sophie says very much that like also just the action of opening the door a little wider to let her in mm. rather than say oh come in and and they have a conversation uh, about like oh no one is uh, I heard that, that the elder sister killed herself yeah. and you're just like what yeah <laughs> and yeah just getting drip fed bits of information and just being like yeah that is that is how you like that is all you need to engage a person it's just mm. be like it's just to be like what's going on here then mm. yeah and and, and like <sighs> The thing I liked as well, it was just like, it just... I'm I'm, going to talk a little bit about the film grain, which I mentioned while we were watching it. Mm. Just like, this film is so colourful in a really intelligent way. Like, I'm going to use the term, it's painterly, Mm -hmm. you know? It's it's the kind of film that's very aware of its colour palette, the what colours each character wears. The quality of the light. Oh, just 
so many scenes where people are lit by candles and you're just like stop it this is beautiful mm. but, just, also, but also because it was all soft like it felt very sort of oil painterly like very Rembrandt-ish yeah which is ties in with you know the whole portrait mm-hmm. painters meta, you know the whole uh, ethos of the film and it, it's just I I don't know I, I as I recall this got nominated for Academy Awards right but didn't win things I thought it did win I, I don't know if it I think it was I know it was nominated for stuff because that's how I heard about it in the first place mm-hmm. I was just like oh portrait with a lady on fire it's like you know, of a lady on fire rather it's it's this film that's like you know been nominated for stuff and I don't think it won anything it, it won um, Best Screenplay Award and the Queer Palm Award at the Cannes Film Festival I mean deservedly so it was so. nominated for the Palm d'Or uh, I, again deservedly so like it's a very good film it won, it's won a lot of LGBT awards unsurprised um, unsurprised by that the European Film Award um, a New York Film Critics Award okay where's the Academy sorry and I mean I don't I don't like to keep going to that very local film festival but, but it's also like it is you know the one that the layman will have heard of that it's, the golden it is, globes it, is, it does matter sadly <laughs> um, at the moment still alas uh british again uh, can't find it. I, I know i think it won more baftas than it did oscars right uh, i can't even find a nomination we're making some good radio yeah. <laughs> um I can't see any academy. So either it's not been nominated or I know it got nominated or for something. It's too recent. Maybe it's, it's no. It was like it was like what, like two years ago at this point. Right? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Uh, it may have won awards. That's yeah, but it, it, it's it's one of those things that I'm just like I it's there's so much obviously quality filmmaking both on in production and in post production that has mm-hmm, gone into mm-hmm. making this film look a certain way and feel I, I, I think I think the thing I want to contrast against and I know this is a completely unfair thing but you know is that with a lot of modern AAA blockbusters is that they feel very generic in the way by that, the numbers yeah it's like you know they, they have a safe Hollywood yeah. invisible editing safe Hollywood color grading where everything's a little bit washed out a little bit muted mm-hmm. whereas this felt like almost aggressively vibrant and yeah. like you know the cuts felt really meaningful yeah well also just very this felt edited by a person very well not just edited but shot as well mm. uh and just very like like uh, particularly near the beginning i thought there was just so much clever misdirection yeah like the one the one the, that we remarked on like is that she finds the old por- the portrait that was done by the painter before her mm. that uh, um, has no face because he yeah, couldn't yeah, get it to pose. pose and so so we see this green dress and then that cuts to we see the the hem of this dress moving across the floor that was so and we good think, oh we think oh here now, she now, comes now we're going to meet Heloise for the first time but then it turns out this dress is being carried by Sophie, Sophie the servant yeah. and is, is being given to Marianne as and, a reference and, for the painting yeah because she's out, still not at the point where she's able to engage with her yet yeah. and it's so and there's so many teasers like I that think I like, even said to you be... this is really fucking yeah. good filmmaking I was and, just like oh and also as well like like because and then like she asks Sophie like and she's blonde right and then we go in the next scene and we see a blonde woman in a green dress but that turns out to be her mother yeah, yeah, yeah. really good sort of being like 
like the like Heloise's reputation preceding her, yeah. so that when we finally do see her, which is from behind, uh, in, a when, hood. in a hood, like the great um, moment when she's walking out with the hood, and you have that great tracking shot where it's following her for yeah. a while, and, we keep, and then a hood, falls and then off a hood and... falls off as she walks. Yeah, 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 and it's just like oh, the blonde hair. We're like oh, 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 oh. yeah. And so, I don't hear like Leonardo DiCaprio fucking screenshots. Like, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, so just a really like all of this misdirection. And then you think like oh, it's like we know of Heloise, and we like she looms large. Because because like we know that the she's the subject, yeah, yeah. And, she, and we have to lie to her. Um, Can't let her know what's going on, yeah. even though maybe she knows. So just yeah, that really building up her character before we actually meet her is mm. so brilliantly done. It's very good. It's just a really fucking good film, mm. guys. Like, and that's that's the other advantage of that sort of type of filmmaking where we're like, you don't, you don't like immediately give all the information is that you can play with the fact that your audience doesn't know certain things you can trick them yeah um, this is then, not a pre-established yeah. property there's no sense of like look it's your favorite character mm. Heloise it's like no no <laughs> Maybe you could, I mean you could do that as well like in that sort of like even if it was a known character you could do sort of that sort of misdirection um, just by being clever about like what you what well the you dress carry bit as you said yeah, like, exactly. that's a great bit misdirection yeah, yeah. it it <sighs> It's one of those films that's made me think a lot, like about like what matters to me about a film experience. Because mm-hmm. I felt that there was a really solid. Because I mean, there, there's a there's a we, be, right before we get to the third act, I remember being very you know really engaged with the vibe of this film, where it's like this almost, you know, like I said, like almost utopian bit where it's like, you know, just these women living together, supporting each other, loving each other, falling in love. And it's just a really lovely set of events. Mm. And then there was a horrible moment where I went, I think I even said to you, I was like, but Jim, they're going to have to go back to like, you know, there's going to be a destiny. Yeah, They I have mean, to face their horrible destiny. I mean, the fact that it was told in flashback, we see at the beginning um, that Marianne is now teaching uh, some girls about uh, art um, and one of them has brought out a portrait of a lady on fire. But also, she was doing the same pose that the, uh, Heloise yeah. did for the same portrait and I was yes. just like, oh, okay. um, But the fact that we've seen this already, we're like, we know that well, we already know like that. Oh, this cannot be permanent. Yeah. because of the circumstances. You don't make but a portrait also, of a lady on fire unless yeah. you know you're no then, longer with the but lady. But then also because of that sort of framing device, we know. Oh, it definitely isn't permanent. They don't find a way to run away from this marriage. And also because society. <laughs> yes. Like we know that the patriarchy is too powerful. There's that, no permutation that's quote realistic that yeah. we could have of this story. Yeah. Um. So uh, and but what I do appreciate is what, like because what I thought might happen. Because we see, you know, we you know we see this painting in the beginning in the framing device, this portrait of a lady on fire. Yeah. We then see the image that inspired that painting when they were at the festival yeah. and her dress caught fire. And, yeah. But she doesn't react, and then she's tackled down and like yeah. patted down by the gypsies. Uh, and and like, I oh, thought okay. there might be a moment where I am going to paint this portrait of you of a lady, on, and and they never explain. We never see no, that painting. No, but we again. don't need to. No, because no, we, we know we understand that that was and because later on she, when they're they're lying in bed together on the final day, mm-hmm. they're talking about when they fell in love with each other and she goes do you know the first moment that I wanted to kiss you mm-hmm. and one of the times she said was like when your dress caught fire mm-hmm. at the festival and she's all like yes I wanted to kiss you then but no it was earlier than that Yeah, and which is both acknowledging that that was a significant moment for both these characters mm-hmm. but it's not the defining moment Yeah, you know and I think that's really clever it's like saying this 
very strong visual image that will literally become a painting in the future of this story. Yeah. A, a moment that this character will remember forever because it was so visually striking. And as a person who's a painter, I'm just like, no, yeah, I understand that. Sometimes yeah. you just have a, yeah, I've got this image in my brain and I need to get it down to like capture this sense of this moment. Mm. But... I mean, there was a lot of that in the film. A lot of, like, they end up painting the abortion after the fact. Just, because, yeah. just, just to feel the need, like, because they've experienced something. And they're like, we need to record this. Yeah. Even, even if just for ourselves. And also, I don't have, like, uh, Heloise is sad that she doesn't have an image of um, Marianne to take away. So That shot! <laughs> that, can I, can I just? Because I got very, like, oh my god. Because it's like, okay. Okay, Lister, I need you to gonna come with me on a fucking journey here. So, they're in bed together, they've been speaking, and there's been a lot of clever stuff in this film already using mirrors, mm-hmm. of like, you know, capturing both, um, there's the great moment where uh, Marianne is wearing the dress, yes. the green dress to try and get the foals without, because she's not yes. able to paint Heloise directly. Yeah, and the way that is presented as well, like, because you could just be like, oh, look, she is, like, posing in this dress so she can, like, get a reference. But you just see her sit down with it on and you don't, you're not immediately aware of what she's doing. And I actually said, like, does she have a mirror? Because, and she does have, and then we yeah. see that, but because my brain was going, what is she doing? What is someone else painting her? What, uh, well, that's the thing, when we first see the dress, I thought it was going to be Sophie in the dress as a reference, but no, then it was her. And, and then, that, like, that, ha- and then that did happen then, later. Yes. And then my brain went, is she going to take a picture of this? No, cameras haven't been invented yet. How is this going to go? And then I remembered that mirrors exist. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But then what's great is it cuts to the reverse shot and you can see her in the pose that's in the painting Mm -hmm. that the previous painter attempted, which doesn't have a face, where her exact physical posing is the same, but the top of the mirror cuts off her face. And you're like, oh, she's mirroring the painting. You understand what she's doing. And then... You know, Heloise knocks at the door, so she, like, runs off. Run away. Shit, I'm wearing this dress, I can't explain this. Yeah, the shot holds, and then the real Heloise walks into that shot, mm-hmm. occupying the same space, and you're just like, good fucking video. You're like, oh yeah, good visual stories. You're like, I love it. But, so there's that, and there's like a, bu- there's a bunch of other things with mirrors in there. But mm-hmm. the, the, the sequence in question is that they're lying in bed together on the final day where they know everything is over. Like, it's a proper, desperate, sad situation. Marianne has been uh, doing a portrait of Heloise in, like, you know, what's it, like a locket or something? Like, you know, a little small yeah, notebook like type a, thing? Like a um, cameo type. Like a keepsake yeah. sort of, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, Heloise says, like, I won't have an image of you. And she's all like, oh, okay, give me your book. And, you know, she says, name a page. And she says, page 28. And she's all like, okay. Vite. Yeah, yeah. And then she's, the shot is so good because it is... At first, it's a tighter shot, which is the shot of Miriam in the mirror. And you can sort of get the sense that, like, oh, it's a mirror leaning against Heloise's body as she's facing her opposite. Mm -hmm. And, like, I got that, and I got very, like... Oh, my... I was like, what a good... You know, because it's over her vag, and it's, like, over the (laughs) centre... But it is. It's like it's over. Like you know, this this like idea of you know her central aspect of her femininity, the mm-hmm. thing that's like you know her sexual organs. It's like it is putting Miriam visually, Marianne. Di- sorry, Marianne, directly into Heloise's like you know sexual center mm-hmm. as someone who had you know maybe never experienced love before. Like mm-hmm. this relationship was the first thing to her. It's like framing that character in that context. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to a slightly wider version where you get that confirmation that like no, you know. That's how they're doing this, that uh, Marianne is sketching herself in a mirror that is supported against Heloise's crotch. And it's, it's, 
It's so good and such good filmmaking. I am vibrating into the sun about how much I love that shot. I was like, it's so good. Because it, 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 uh, 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 simultaneously, it says everything about the film, mm-hmm. but it's also so simple. It's, the, it's, as we were saying, like the balance between is this subtle or is this really on the nose? Because mm. if you're able to recognize, oh yeah, we're centering this character in the sexual identity of this other character by placing that character's reflection in a mirror on her crotch. Mm. You're like, that's not subtle. But at the same time, if you're not paying attention to like filmmaking language and like what these images mean, then it could completely pass you yeah. by. I think, well, that's the it's, as always, like looking up details about this film um, before we were starting. Like one yeah. of the que- one of the autocomplete questions on Google was like, uh, was is um, portrait of a lady on fire boring? No, uh, <laughs> which I was I was, scared, I was scared to even mention to you because I knew you would explode. Uh, but I, then I, I saw I saw like someone answer that question, basically complaining that there was like, oh, they always wear the same clothes. There's only a few locations. There's not much talking in it, and I was like, okay, well, if you're I, I mean, I don't. If you're a basic fucking the, bitch, that's the thing, like if the, you don't, if you're not, if I don't want to like have Morton, a go, I, Morton. I don't want to say you're because when I said it, we were watching, Morton was like, "Oh, I thought it was a really meh film." Morton, you're you're a fucking just, bitch. That's the thing. I don't, I don't want to be like, "Oh, people, like, like we're galaxy brain, like people need to have film literature." I don't want to do that about it, but I do think like that in in terms of the question of like whether or not this is subtle. Like I think it is, it is subtle in the terms of, of how it communicates, but because it does expect you to meet it where it's at yeah. rather than coming to you. Yeah. But the thing is, if you do that, if you're like, okay, I see where we are. I'm like, I'm coming to you. I'm like realizing this. I'm making the effort yes. to like get on board with this language. Yeah. It's like, oh, this language is very unsubtle. Yes. Once, like, once, yeah. Once you become like, once you start like reading it in the way that it wants you to yeah then it yeah you're, you're right it's not subtle yeah. it's being it's being very direct big powerful open themes about like you know femininity and the female experience and solidarity and like the I, pervasive ideas of the patriarchy and like so much going on here yeah. and also wouldn't you just love while you were falling asleep to have someone who loves you port do a little portrait of you wouldn't you just love that I would love that, you know. <laughs> but the problem is, but Jim, because I'm an artist, they always expect me to do the drawing. <laughs> when will I fall asleep and someone paint me? Ah, I'm so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, re- it's, it's a really fucking good movie. Like, it just, it's slow, but not too slow. Mm. Well, there's, there's a thing, like, because I've been teaching, um, I, I, at a university, I've been teaching people how to use editing software, and there's a few different um, lessons I do, but one mm. of them is an exercise I've inherited, like, from a previous uh, tutor, and the exercise is they get some, they have some film rushes that are from um, uh, a, uh, like, a grad film that somebody did, like, some students did way back in the day. Mm. They give, like, all this footage to, like, yeah, so I'll give this footage to some students and say, Here's make something of this make this scene yeah. and then we watch them all to show that like oh even with all the same material and the same script um like these the scenes can look very variance. different yeah. uh, and the thing is it is quite a slow scene uh, and a point that comes up a lot like lots of people try and cut more to try and speed up the scene because they're worried that it's boring yeah. um and the truth is the scene isn't greatly written it's not amazingly performed either so this feel the need to compensate for that yeah. by putting a lot of cutting in yeah. uh, and the thing is that often that makes the like 
the shot choice is very obvious. That oh, the only reason you're cutting to this person reacting right now is because you wanted to cut. You wanted to cut around a gap. Yeah. Um, and often I find the ones that do better are the ones that don't cut away. That just mm. say like, okay, we found a good shot, and we're just gonna hold on it, uh, and just allow the audience to read into it everything that's there. Mm. Um, and that I find like like if a if a scene is slow. You just gotta let it be slow, yeah. uh, and this is a and like this is a slow film. Although there's lots he, of there's he, lots of very good like quick cuts as well. This is the thing I was gonna say. It, it it's... lots of like lots of like what we might not technically jump cuts because they'll be cutting from scene to scene, but like sort of smash cuts, I guess. Where all kind of, sudden, of yeah, where all of a sudden, boom, we're in a different scene. Yeah, it's... and this is also slow, but but it was but how it, we got here was sudden. But it also makes sense. Yes. It's like it will. Set up a hanging, not quite a hanging action. That's quite another wrong word. You can cut on an action. Yeah, it, it's it's like this kind of thing of just being like we are suggesting the beginning of thing. Now we're in the aftermath of thing. Yes. It's like we are, you know, apprehensive about the consequences of blank. Here we are in blank with the consequences of the thing. You mm. know, it's it's very, it's very sensible. Yes, because that's uh, yeah. Another point is that like it's like shot choice is important, but like cuts communicate something as well. Yeah, and every one of these cuts communicate. I was something. very aware of the like you know in 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 a way that was good. Like you know because sometimes you're aware of cuts in a bad way. Yes, I was aware of the cuts in this of just being like, oh no, I understand yeah. why. That's because because here. each cut was motivated, and that's yeah. really the, like the key thing. Like if you notice a cut, it has to feel motivated. If you don't the, notice the, the cut, then then uh, we're just you're we're back to invisible Hollywood yeah. editing of yeah. just like yeah. But I, I think one of the things I would say about this is that this movie, in in some ways, is very focused on the idea of like um, building you to a certain point and then undercutting it with a cut. Because mm-hmm. a lot of these cuts happened at really intense emotional moments. Like yes. I, the scene I would re- recommend specifically for this is like when um, they've had their fight post being in a relationship and mm-hmm. she's all like, oh, you know, it was all a lie, blah, blah, blah. And then she finds out that her mother's coming home tomorrow, so they've got one more day to be together. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, Heloise is standing on the beach and, like, Marianne runs up to her and, like, you know, grabs her from behind and the kissing and the love and just being like, I, you know, I made all these mistakes. We have one day. Like, it's such an emotionally devastating moment. And then we cut... And we're like on the other side of like whatever happened in that space, mm-hmm. and it's it's a really interesting exercise in generating tension, and then not necessarily releasing it or discharging yeah. it, but addressing the fact that that tension has been dealt with. Yes, it's it, for a viewer. It it's a very interesting experience I found mm-hmm. because it means this film is consistently quite tense. And you never quite feel easy, which I think makes sense with, you know, the whole yeah. patriarchal society that they can never be completely at ease. Mm-hmm. And there's scenes in when they're outside the patriarchal system because the mother's gone away and there's no men and they're doing all their stuff together and being supportive of one another way. You do get those moments of it being okay. Yeah. But as soon as, like, you go back to the real world, quote unquote... It becomes that weird kind of like I don't know where to put all these yeah. feelings that you're giving me. You're right that there are a lot of scenes that feel like they end sooner than you expect them mm. to, and it's never in a way that feels uh, that feels like wrong because again, all these cuts are motivated. Like, mm. it, the, the, they're, they're it, smart cuts. Yeah, it never feels accidental, but it sometimes feels uh, like like they like it finishes 
abruptly. Mm. And that's definitely deliberate. And I can see that's sort of like in microcosm their relationship. Mm. That it's that their relationship is never going to be long enough. No. Because it's, they only have a few days together and then boom. Oh. Gone. <laughs> I just remembered the final sequence, Jim. I mean, just the really clever that like like you know the 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 moment the Eurydice like reference where like she says turn around and she does and the way that they make um Heloise vanish in the way that um, Eurydice did is with the closing of the door yeah and then and that lets then then the light just immediately and, and there's no pause there like you might think the, the the impulse might be to pause on her for a moment and then let her vanish no no immediately she's gone because you looked that's yeah. the you know but in the same way like the I was really impressed. Like, whoever played Heloise, like, good lord, that final sequence where she's listening to the um, music. Um, I know the piece of music, you know, the mm. fucking, like, the oncoming storm. But, like, the way she reacted to that. Because that is a long shot to act It for. is! And there's a lot of emotions to put in there. Because it's, like, it's relief, it's euphoria, it's sadness, it's loss. It's just, like, mm. ah! I... I I was so impressed by that as a final mm. shot. I was especially because, like, because you, you could expect that to cut at any moment. Yeah, because you, you know, oh, this is the last shot, and and yet it goes on for quite some time. It does, and it's still she's still just so eminently watchable. Yeah, and also you know because the music is great and it's just a devastating set of feelings because you because you're left to sort of imagine what her feeling about like this piece of music potentially years after the fact. You know, something that we previously heard played inexpertly by Marianne herself. Mm. You know, like, you know, and I recognized the music very early because I was just like, oh, no, I know this piece, you know, because it's a very famous piece of classical music. I forget who it's by. Yeah, I'm going to look this up later. Yeah. I feel I have to listen to that a few times. It's very good. You know, like I've heard, you know, I definitely, you know, yeah, I've, I've got a solid background in classical music. I've heard that song multiple times. And then just seeing her watching it and react to it, you're just like, oh, this is the devastating, you know, coup de gras of this film. Of just like, yeah, she's she's not let anything go. We never interact with that character directly again after that point. Like, as you said, after when she said turn around, she's gone. She's dead. Mm-hmm. But then we get this window into like, you know, her whole psychological state as a final statement of the film it's fucking beautiful it's also devastating yeah i also like that we never see her husband yeah we don't need to yeah we don't need to we see a painting of her daughter yes but we don't see him yeah even though he's a very important character in the story he doesn't exist yeah, and nor should he. No, indeed. Because like, uh, you can see the temptation might have been to put him there at the orchestra, but no. But then it, and to make him villainous yeah. as well. Yeah. Because it, it's but, the, but then also it, like you, there's a sort of insight into what her life is like because you can in that she goes to the orchestra alone. Mm. So I feel it's I can imagine it's a pretty loveless marriage. Yeah, and she's had this baby because she's supposed to have this baby, mm-hmm. and it's like the the. I think as well is it's, it's the, this movie is smart enough to present the threat of the patriarchy without needing men to portray it, mm. which is really clever. It's very. It's clever. really just like oh yeah, we could we could just do that yeah. because like if you're paying attention again, you understand the forces that control these people. Mm-hmm. You understand why they act in the way they do and the way they feel the way that they do. It's oh. yeah. It is. It is. Very nice to see a film that is a 
that is a both about the patriarchy, but is not about men. Yeah, it's female centric. Mm-hmm. Like you know, aggressively female centric. Yeah, there's, you know. there's like whole like most of the film, there's no men on screen. Yeah, there's like you know what two male characters, right? Man who drives boat, man who collects paintings, right? I think I thought they were the same man. Oh, I figured they. I maybe. <laughs> All right, so maybe one man playing. There's, there's uh, and then there's and then there's man who compliments painting at gallery. There you go. Yeah, that's that's all the male parts in it, lads. All, Sorry, well, all the speaking ones. That's why we. There's, need... there's also rowers and um, g- gallery attendants. Yeah, men men need to do crimes now because we have not enough male uh, role models. <laughs> you know, oh, Jodie Whittaker's gonna make us do crimes oh, by being she told, Doctor Who. She told me to. <laughs> Okay, I feel like we've we've gotten most of the stuff. I mean, the thing is... I'm going to be unpacking this for a well, while. Well, you know, this is the same thing. I feel like this film is in me now in a way that, like, I've not seen a film in the same way that's, like, sat with me this hard. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm just very, like... I, I'm very aware that I'm going to be feeling feelings for a while now. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, we need to move to final thoughts of the podcast, Jim. I don't, I don't want to put you on the spot. But I might need to ask you for some final thoughts about Portrait of a Lady on Fire. I I feel I need something to say something very eloquent in French. Which I cannot cannot do. True. Neither of us speak very good French. (laughs) Je mange mon petit déjeuner. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, no, I cannot encap... Like, it's... I've, no, I, yeah, I thought it was a very, a very powerful, very, uh, well, a very emotionally powerful film, but mm. also a stunning example of the craft. Oh yeah! Oh my! Like yeah, just well, like everyone did a really good well, job. And I, and I feel like it, there were so many shots that were like technically impressive, but not in ways that were immediately obvious. Like, yeah. One that sticks out to me is when she does see the the. Um, the uh, previous painting for the first time there is a tracking shot where it is centred mm. and it seems to be her mm. point of view and it's moving forward as we know that she is moving forward but then she steps into the frame uh, some passing the camera and that so this all happens where like, we leave her point of view and we're behind her without it ever making us aware that the camera is there mm. and like that mm. is that is like top Excellent. tier cinematography mm, mm. and and but it's the type of stuff that like that the pass that can very easily pass on notice because it is designed to yeah and i like that. it's a really intelligent yeah. filmmaking in in every sense of the word mm, mm. i think i guess for my final thought um i i feel like i'm gonna have to end on a slightly like wistful aspect because when we were watching her watch the opera the thing was even though even though Marianne had said, I saw her, but she didn't see me. Mm-hmm. And then the camera centers on Heloise and just watches her react to this, you know, piece of music and just like has all these feelings. The thing I just kept on thinking is just like, yeah, but from like, you know, the right hand side of the frame, Marianne's hand is going to come and just, just, <laughs> just touch her on the shoulder. Just let her know that it's okay. I didn't, I didn't need them to get together, but I just wanted her to know that it's going to be okay. But it never happened because this movie was a lot and sometimes it's not okay. Thanks for listening. It's the end of the show. Goodbye!